Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on with our expectation series today. And these are uh, two players, as you probably know by now, that, that don't have a lot to do with each other. In this case, it's Marcus Williams and Ben Cleveland, a safety and a left guard. Can't get much more different than that. Uh, and we have analysts on to talk about these individual players because they chose them and uh, talk about their p- place within the position group, how they expect them to contribute to the Ravens this year. And then finally, bubbling up to what is a good season and what is a great season in, in each case. Joining me here today is Danny Dugan. Danny, how are you doing? Hey, good to see you, Ken. Uh, excited to talk about these two great players, uh, Marcus Williams and Ben Cleveland. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the whole series so far and excited to talk about these two. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're listening and, and not just uh, producing content. That's fantastic. Danny, where can people talk football with you online? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter uh, at uh, D- Daniel Joseph uh, 0815. I'm sure I'll be tagging the video. But uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, if you want to you know, talk any Ravens, uh, I jump in every now and then. But um, I'm mostly just interested in like seeing what other people have to say and, and following the experts and learning more about the Ravens and what will make our team better. I've seen his notes. He's being too modest in terms of, of what he's bringing to the table here. Danny, do I have your last name correct? Or I, I, I say you're Danny Joseph. Oh, Dugan. Yeah, that's my last name. Yeah. Dugan. Dugan. Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, so, Danny, we're going to start with Marcus Williams here. Uh, a, a pure free safety. Comes to the Ravens on a five-year, $70 million deal. A, a big free agent move this offseason. And 
I, I don't know about you, but when I first saw this, I thought of this as an opportunity to avoid a big draft capital expenditure at a position which usually requires a one, you know, free safety. And then lo and behold, Kyle <laughs> Hamilton is still available at pick number 14. Right. Yeah. I, I remember when day one passed, I was surprised Marcus Williams was, wasn't signed because he was probably the, the most coveted safety in the free agent class. Um, and then when I was at work and got the alert that the Ravens signed Marcus Williams, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised um, that they were able to get a, a player like that. And, you know, when you give someone near top dollar contract, you you don't really expect them to pay, to spend their first round pick on him. But uh, I'm happy the Ravens took Kyle Hamilton. I, he was the best player available at the time. Um, and I think that it, it, it strengthens a strength, which is never a bad thing. Uh, but Marcus Williams is uh, definitely different than Kyle Hamilton um, in terms of style of play and what he's going to give the Ravens. Uh, really excited to get him and uh, at a good age, too. Uh, he's 25 years old right now. He'll turn 26 right before week one. Uh, and the contract is, uh, you know, top dollar, but it, it is it isn't breaking the bank. Five years, 70 million for uh, safety is, is is pretty standard. And I, I think that uh, they got a They got a good deal for him. Right. Right player. Right price. Yeah, it's actually pretty much the same deal they got. They did extend by a year at 14 million, which actually makes the deal a little bit cheaper uh, than they played for Thomas a few years back. So if you think about, you know, that deal was made in 2019, it's 2022 and the cap has increased some, even though it dipped in the in the meantime. Uh, that's a pretty that's a pretty good deal on, on Marcus Williams, you'd have to say. Absolutely. And I, I remember uh, in an interview uh, with DaCosta and Harbaugh, they were uh, I think Harbaugh said that the morning that they were going to sign him, that DaCosta went into his office and said, like, we may be able to get this guy. And uh, they were really excited. And I don't think that they went into free agency expecting to get Marcus Williams. Uh, but I think that they're very excited to, to come out of it with him. Yeah. Uh, terrific. This is, this is, I've talked about this a few times and I, I repeat things and I don't feel too bad about it, but the Ravens have, have multiple free safeties and that is an incredible luxury in terms of things you can do uh, with your ball Hawks. And they both are both good readers, good, both good ball Hawks uh, in order to rotate coverages, to, to use a robber to uh, you know, they've talking about Hamilton moving them all over the place, which they can do. But even if they're both playing on the back end in a more kind of a more standard, more normal format with with Clark and Dime on a passing down, you have all sorts of opportunities to to move those players around. And it's very exciting. Uh, it, it opens up things like the 2006 Ravens did where they rushed off the outside corner a fair amount. And the primary reason was that Dwan Landry was able to jump in on an outside corners assignment and cover that pretty well. Yeah, and I think that it'll unlock the Ravens' defense to evolve. And, uh, you know, the, I think like every Sunday night football game, Collinsworth will will say, like, the Ravens love to play cover zero. They love to get in your face, play press mm-hmm. coverage, blitz heavy. I, I think Marcus Williams allows them to not, not still do that, still do that to a degree, uh, but play some other coverages as well that'll match up against um, some better teams. Um, I mean, the Ravens got picked apart by Joe Burrow twice last year. I think Marcus Williams helps solve that problem uh, and maybe some quick release quarterbacks that can beat uh, the, you know that heavy pressure. Yeah. So those quick release quarterbacks, you can still make them make them make mistakes. And this defense, I just I love the way they're constructed to exploit mistakes. They've got four players who can potentially be on the back end. I'm talking about either corner and a cover three look with Humphrey or um, Peters, but also both both safeties not including Clark, but but even Clark is a pretty good exploiter of, of mistakes, uh, to to be the back end of cover three. So there are four to make three unit on the back end of cover three that looks incredibly imposing. And then you have a player like Hamilton who can get up on the front side of a cover three, or you have Clark up as a dime who's going to understand much more about what's going on behind him in level two and three and can make things difficult for a quarterback, take away an option, create that extra half second. Maybe it means more pressure and you get home. Maybe it means the quarterback releases the ball early to an unintended target or to a target where the window is closing and something bad happens. <laughs> and then when that does, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to get too far off the rails not talking about Marcus Williams, but I, I just remember watching so many Ravens games down the stretch when they had those injuries on the back end where you know players were not playing to their strength. And, and Chuck mm-hmm. Clark is playing like slot corner on some snaps. And, um, 
everyone's rotating into spots that maybe they're not the most comfortable in. I think Marcus Williams helps solve that by giving you a true center field coverage safety, a guy that can, you know, cover the field, sideline to sideline, the true coverage safety that the Ravens have been missing for, for quite a long time. Uh, I'm really excited because I think now that a lot of those Ravens safeties and corners are going to be able to play in the spot where uh, the Ravens get the most value from them. And they're also going to be able to be, you know, true playmakers. Right. I, it was kind of cool that Wink was able to bring Earl Thomas up to the line of scrimmage so much and, and produce some value with him in 2019 doing that. But it would have been even better if Earl Thomas was still that great center field safety that he had been in Seattle for many years. And I think the Ravens, you know, Marcus Williams will be 26 on approximately opening day. I think I think the eighth might actually be opening day. and That's his birthday. OK, so so this that's a great time to be getting a, a player in free agency. Yeah, I think they when they signed Earl Thomas, it was his third contract. It was right after his second mm-hmm. contract, the Seahawks. I think Weddle was was similar. Um, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Uh, but, yes. But Williams, the, you know, the, the just, you know, being 26 and, and now going, getting him in the prime of his career. Um, he's coming from a defense that likes to do similar things to the Ravens in, in terms of trying to confuse offenses and trying to, uh, you know, hide coverages, disguise. A lot of defenses like to do that. The Saints do as well. Yeah. I just go back to the Earl Thomas thing for one second. Yeah. Earl Thomas's first year with the Ravens, he was the same age that Marcus Williams will be in his last year of his contract with the Ravens. Oh, that's so. Yeah, that's music for years. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, that's, yeah. it's it's very cool. Marcus Williams missed only five games in five years. Um, I one of the, I mean, having a healthy safety would be great. Now, you, you, this is one of these things where I got to you know look at it and say the same thing that financial statements always say in the in the small print at the bottom is is past results may not be an indicator of future performance. <laughs> So, uh, unfortunately, uh, people get hurt when they get hurt. Injuries are discrete in the NFL, meaning they, they, it's not some sort of relatively level continuous risk that you get. You get it, you get it at one point and you're, you're okay until then. So hopefully Marcus Williams can, can remain healthy. Obviously the things I'm going to go through some goals here and I, I want you, I, I know your thing is constructed a little bit differently, but that's fantastic. Talk, talk about fit at the same time I'm talking about goals, and then we'll, we'll go to good and great here after we're completely done with that. I've got one goal for him uh, that I think is probably overarches all others is that he, he provides a continuous stabilizing presence on the back end of this defense. Exactly, yeah. And, I, you know, I watched two games to try to prepare for this and um, try to make sure that, you know, he can fit that goal. And, and the Ravens paid a price to, for him to fit that, that goal. To, to stabilize their back end and uh, make sure that, you know, they're uh, they don't repeat the same mistakes as last year. Uh, and, and one of the games, and, you know, if you're going to watch, you know, watching the whole game, um, the interception play against the Packers, I think is a good representation of, of what Marcus Williams can kind of bring. And, um, you know, the, if you ever go on YouTube, and you want to watch the game, Williams is, does a great job. He's, you know, locking on the, to, to uh, Devonte Adams, um, you know, gets Aaron Rodgers to turn his head to the deep ball. He flips his hips, covers the deep shot, and plays the um, the overthrow, which I think is oh, incredible. excellent. I was like, just going to ask you that. You <laughs> knew what my question was going to be. <laughs> um, he plays the overthrow on the ball. He notices his corner is, is got him in tight coverage. Doesn't lunge to the receiver and plays the overthrow, which um, we have not had in Baltimore for for a long. I don't think since uh, Earl Thomas, but. Uh, excited to see what that exactly brings and the amount of turnovers you can get from that. Um, trusting your corner, trusting, uh, you know, your vision on the ball. Uh, it, that definitely jumps out in his game. Um, you can also see it on a, on a few other plays. If you want to look at him intercepting Tom Brady, uh, you can uh, look at that play as well. But plays the overthrow really well um, and is really that true center fielder and shows sideline to sideline speed. All right. Outstanding. So my, my goal on the similar level is show ability to play both tight and loose bracket as appropriate. One of the things that Marcus Williams is terrific at, which I'm not sure Baltimore fans know yet, he's a great tackler. And a really, really low missed tackle rate for his entire career, according to the pro football reference, it's eight and a half percent. Now, those those differ broadly from service to service. I didn't actually look at what PFF says his missed tackle rate is, um, but that was over his last four years for which PFR has data. So uh, that's a very low missed tackle rate for a safety. That would be okay for a linebacker. Safeties 
get run into by tight ends and running backs who are bigger players than they are frequently, and they miss more tackles. Just the nature of the game. But your backhand still, if you have an 8.5% missed tackle rate, that's pretty good. At, that's pretty damn good at safety. Uh, and uh, I, I think one of the things that, that hopefully we'll see is good judgment in terms of whether he's playing that looser or loose bracket or guided missile to the ball. If you're, if you're defending the sticks and you can, you can hold that guy two yards short with, by, by going guided missile and, it's, and you might jam the ball loose too, by the way, by all means do it. You don't need the turnover there. You know, the, the punt is the turnover in a sense. Uh, so, so there it's, you know, there, there's a lot of value to it, but other places on the field, you know, it's often playing for the overthrow is exactly the right thing to do. And, um, this defense, I am confident is going to force a lot of unforced, force a lot of unforced errors. Yes. Yeah. They're going to force a lot of errors. Yeah. And I, and I think he's the leader of that and, uh, defense certainly, re, you know, respect him and respect you know, his coverage ability, uh, spoken very highly of by a lot of saints, uh, media and a lot of saints coaches as well. Um, so it's exciting for him to come over there. And yeah, I, I, you know, I have similar goals from as well, stabilizing the Ravens defense. And, you know, one of the things I would, I would love, you know, to, to see again is, is Marcus Peters trusting his safety and Marcus Peters getting back to that ball Hawk. Oh yeah. Um, and I think what, I think Williams is going to be a guy that Marcus Williams, Marcus Peters, um, trust, uh, as a corner. Yeah, that, that absolutely is one. And again, you took another one on the way, which is allow gamblers to gamble by by covering for them. Uh, Peters in particular for interceptions, but Humphrey takes some chances on tackling when he goes for a forced fumble. So that that would be another area where Hamilton's got to be, or sorry, uh, Marcus Williams got to be ready to make the tackle uh, to back him up. Hamilton, uh, I think, is another guy you can cover for in a sense that they can move from a two high look to a single high and allow um, Hamilton to come down as a robber and take away some underneath route. So I think they, they have lots of opportunities to play games that will allow gamblers to gamble. And I just, I absolutely love how this looks right now. It'll look different two injuries from now, folks. Okay. So hopefully this is this is how they start the season. Um, and then it's, uh, it's not different. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I, and uh, I, I think one piece that I, you know, to bring up just to, because we're talking about the safeties is, you know, how important Chuck Clark is and, and to this defense. And, uh, you know, Marcus Williams and, and Kyle Hamilton are very talented and they are going to be terrific Ravens. And, you know, I'm, I'm just as excited as everyone else is to have those two. Uh, but the knowledge that Chuck Clark brings to this defense is, is very important for their early success of not only Marcus Williams, but also Kyle Hamilton. Um, Clark is, needs to be that stabilizing factor for them. Yeah, we're really hearing it from OTAs, aren't we? Because yeah. right now, all we're hearing from is Clark taking Williams under his wing. Well, Williams is never going to be the signal caller for this defense, I don't believe. It could happen, I guess, with injury. But I think it's it's Clark, then Hamilton. Then, honestly, if both those two were hurt, I think it might still be Geno Stone who comes in and had it because he had it for a game you know, before and is more of a strong safety. Right, yeah. I, I, it, when you start thinking about the numbers, you know, in, in absorbing injuries, they have a lot of depth back there at safety now, too. Um you know, it, it is a, a very good, you know, solid group. Um, and I'm excited to see what they actually bring to the defense. Um, but yeah, you thought that Clark won't be the green dot on opening day. I, I think, I think that, I think they do keep Chuck Clark. I know there's been some rumors. I, I, you know, there was a tweet about him and his agent. That was a little confusing to me, but, um, I think Chuck Clark stays and I, I think he wants to stay. I think if Chuck Clark was demanding to be out and demanding to leave the Ravens, he wouldn't have shown up to OTAs um, mm-hmm. or at least have made a little more noise before, uh, before OTAs started. Um, I can understand why he's unhappy and in, in the game grand scheme of his career, if he wants to get another contract, um, you know, it may be in his best interest to leave the Ravens. Uh, but I think for 2022, he can actually provide a lot of value to the Ravens that other teams will will see, and and I think the Ravens will will value as well. Um, I think Harbaugh loves Chuck Clark. I think DaCosta loves Chuck Clark. Uh, his his numbers, his cap number is not breaking the bank at all. I think that he's really important for this defense. I would be nervous, but um, you know, taking him out of the defense for this year and putting and letting Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. Uh, go from the jump without him. I think he's really important to stabilizing the defense early on as everyone uh, learns defense. If Chuck Clark's on the team, I think he has the green dot. Okay. And and if you have the green dot, folks out there, that means you're playing every single defensive snap. There's no mistaking that. 
uh, when you're healthy. So Marcus Williams, in my opinion, will play every snap. Possible he'll be rotated in for Hamilton. Hamilton will rotate him for a little bit, but I don't really see a reason to do that. Clark will play every snap. So really, Hamilton is the guy who might 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 be reduced to say fifty to seventy percent of snaps in his rookie year. Uh, a lot of chess piece moving around. Clark will move down and play dime. I predict when they have six defensive backs on, Hamilton will probably be on the back end. But at other times, it might be something different. It might be Hamilton on a tight end. Ravens have a lot of ways to get the three safeties on the field, and they don't have a lot of reasons at inside linebacker why they wouldn't have three safeties on the field. Right. So lots of lots of options there. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think Mike McDonald is going to show that he's uh, evolved a little bit from Wink. And I think with, um, you know, looking at his statistics from uh, from Michigan, you know, he ran cover one and cover three at 27 percent of the time when he was the defensive coordinator at Michigan compared to Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale ran cover one and cover three 60 percent of the time Mm -hmm. Um, with, you know, safeties and with safeties that you trust. Uh, he's going to be able to evolve their defense beyond of what Wink did. So, you know, for a lot of the people that I think we're frustrated with Wink's aggressiveness, we're frustrated with Wink's um, man coverage, blitz heavy. Um, McDonald has shown that he is going to blitz, he's going to be aggressive, but he's not going to be um, perhaps as reckless as Wink was. Um, and a lot of it has to do with it now, he, you know, you have safeties to deploy and safeties right. to use in coverage. Um, so the Ravens have the personnel now where – you know, you want those guys in coverage. Okay, you you want them to blitz and you want to scheme and you want to you know disguise and confuse the offense. But um, for the majority of the time, you want to make sure that you're using, you know, players like Marcus Williams at his strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And uh, and you you hit the nose, you hit it right on the nose when you talked about uh, having the personnel, having the additional things. I think we'll see tremendously DB heavy schemes this year. I, I would be actually a little surprised if the Ravens did not set a record. Uh, they might come in with the second highest dime percentage of their history, but at six and seven DB packages, they were at 42% in 2019. It's, it's kind of hard for me. I, I think it's possible if they, if they aren't a great team that they come in below that, if they are a great team, I think they could be over 50 for the first time. So it'll, it'll be exciting and see, you know, it, just what do they use in terms of big nickel and whatnot? Cause it's not like slot corner, honestly, is a, is a real strength for the Ravens right now. They're struggling to find out who their guy is. Our Darius Washington may be it. Uh, you know, Demarion Williams may get a crack at it. Uh, Brandon Stevens is a possibility, but none of those guys are so good or, you know, are apparently so good that they should keep Kyle Hamilton off the field. If the other team's in 12, for example, uh, you know, has a flex tight end and you want Hamilton up in that guy's face, getting a hand on him and disrupting the route. I just, I, I love the the flexibility they brought. And the other thing about, about Hamilton being the third safety in, in, a, in, in kind of your, your thought processes, it makes his use much more flexible to, to have that. I mean, you, 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 you're going to have to think more carefully if he's one of only two safeties on the field where you put him. But if you have a third guy who's a quality safety, like the Ravens do with Clark, um, then, you know, you, you, you've got much more flexibility with Hamilton. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, going back to the, the point on slot corner, I, I think a lot of people are, are very excited for Kyle Hamilton and, you know, everybody always wants to see the new shiny toys and, you know, they want the new player to, to come in and we, you know, we got the steal of the draft at, at 14. I, I mean, I, I can't really envision a world where our Darius Washington is playing significantly more snaps than Kyle Hamilton. Um, so for, in, in that case of the slot corner argument, um, it, it's really hard for me to imagine that Brandon Stevens or Darius Washington or Demarion Williams are, are playing more snaps than, than Kyle Hamilton. And I think people are nervous about Chuck Clark having the green dot and Chuck Clark getting more snaps than Kyle Hamilton. And, and that's, you know, that's fair if you're that excited for Kyle Hamilton, but he's going to play plenty. Okay. And, he, and he's a rookie and he's going to learn and he's going to be great for the Ravens. He's not going to be, you know, the, an elite safety from day one. If he is, that's, that's, you know, that's perfect. That's great. Um, but give Kyle Hamilton some time, let him learn the defense and he's going to help the Ravens this year. Just because he's not going to be wearing the green dot right away. doesn't mean we need to sound the alarm bells that he's being wasted or his, his years with the Ravens are, um, are being wasted. Yeah, I I would agree on that. I I think if this is a home run this year with these three safeties and 
you get to 50% dime snaps. You get some rotational play from, from Hamilton. And maybe you get even higher than that. Maybe you get, maybe you get higher than that. But the Ravens, you know, high leverage snaps are such a home run, huge turnover machine. I think you've got to really look at Chuck Clark and consider what's his future in Baltimore. You may, you may decide you even want to extend it as the third safety. I don't know if Clark would really want that. Uh, if, if, you know, if, but, but if, assuming he's still the green dot and Hamilton is still a guy who, you know, plays 70% of the snaps or you find some other way to rotate it or you do whatever. I, 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 I'm not, I don't think it's impossible. Chuck Clark ends up signing another contract with the Ravens. I don't either. And um, I, I mean, how many games did we watch at the end of the year when the Ravens were just picked apart by other offenses? It just, mm-hmm. And even even the Steelers, like the Steelers have we haven't we have not beaten the Steelers since 2019. And that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, (laughs) When you watch the playoff game again, them versus the Chiefs. I I remember I was talking to someone. I said, I I cannot believe that this defense has allowed Ben Roethlisberger to march up and down the field in fourth quarters. And and it's it's not a one year thing. It's not a one game thing. It, It has happened now two years in a row it's going to be really valuable and really nice to have three safeties that can cover and can, it can change and can help corners can play man coverage, zone coverage and, and actually confuse the quarterback rather than being picked apart um, by a death by a thousand paper cuts by a quarterback. That That's exactly, 20, exactly 20 yards. Yeah. the description, man. That is exactly <laughs> it. Um, uh, any other goals or any other fit considerations? Cause we can go on a good and great if you're ready. No, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, just, okay. You know, the goal is there's for him just to become that that ball hawk in the secondary, that center fielder and solidify the back end. All right. Um, do you want to start? I, I have good and great mapped out here, but if you'd like to start with what good and great are, I'll, I'll finish you off or the other way around. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, the Ravens, the good prediction is they get what they paid for. And Marcus Williams, uh, you know, returns that secondary to 2019, 2020 level, uh, integrates well in the defense and. Um, you know, develops good chemistry with, with the two other safeties and, and his starting cornerbacks as well. You know, I think we've got a similar vision of this. I might be more moderate even than you in terms of what a good season is. I'm saying, I, I said misses two or fewer games. One of the few statistics I actually used in this whole thing shows no erosion of play at age 26. That's important. He's got to be the same guy that we got for the Saints. You're saying they got what they paid for. I think you're, you're hitting on that same point. Um, regardless of his own statistics, Turnovers improve for the defense. I don't care if he only gets one interception himself. If the defense's interceptions double as a whole, he's contributing to that by being that factor on the back end that allows Peters to gamble, for example, or Humphrey to get a couple more forced fumbles or Hamilton to go down and rob a, rob a ball uh, in the box somewhere. But uh, those are my three things to make a good year. And I, I just I wanted to stay qualitative with it. Um, I think he could have he could have kind of a modest statistical year and it still could be very good. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for, you know, that, if that's a good season, then that's, uh, I'll take that. And, uh, if we want a little more, uh, from him, that a great prediction would be, um, him being the best safety in the AFC His contract reflects that, you know, he, he can be that, um, allows Humphrey to play aggressive. Peters to become the ball hawk. Uh, he's a great mentor for Kyle Hamilton. Um, and it allows Chuck Clark to, you know, become the focus dime back for the Ravens still leading the defense. Um, but allowing to deploy Hamilton in various ways uh, and Marcus Williams to play to his strengths. Yep. I, I love all of that. I, I said it a little differently, but I think we're talking about the same thing. I said play is at or near the peak of his first five years becomes a feared presence in the middle of the field. That's important by the way, you know, Earl Thomas, if you look at the heat maps of what he did was taking away more throws than his skills probably were as we saw them in 2019 in Baltimore. And that was just a very big deal. I want that, from Williams because his skills really are great. It may become a field, a, a presence in the middle of the field helps others in the secondary project that as well with the trust they have in him. So Peter should be scary to opposing quarterbacks. He is already um, because of his ability to gamble with Williams back there on that side. So that should be a, that should be a point. Yeah. And um, you know, for any Ravens fans that that want to see how much of an impact Earl Thomas had in 2019, I know we remember him for other reasons, and I know we were, you know, his mm-hmm. time in Baltimore was was not was not all that great. Look at the passer rating when Marcus Peters was targeted in 2019. Look at how many times Earl Thomas was targeted and how many receptions he allowed. Um, people did not throw into that zone. People did not 
target. People did not mess with the Ravens secondary in that year. Um, yes, there were, there was not, it was not an eight interceptions ter- uh, season. Um, but the, the defensive dominance was not shown in interceptions. It was, it was shown in nobody threw, nobody threw their way or when they threw their way. Um, it wasn't that great of an idea. Yeah. I got a little more on a great season. I want to see him mix the need to make those downhill stops short of the sticks and the patience to take advantage of mistakes and desperation from opposing quarterbacks on overthrows. Uh, I, and I think most importantly, I, I'd set a goal for the entire Ravens defense. If the entire Ravens pass defense returns to the top 10 and, and is able to lean on opponents with the lead, I think that would be a big win for Marcus Williams in particular, and I would call that a great season. I, I'm not saying he has to be all pro, pro bowl, no nothing like that to, to even have a great season. Uh, no specific interception goal. I'm, I'm just saying the Ravens defense as a whole needs to get back to where it was. Yeah, the sum of the parts. Uh, if they're, they're all working together, they're all you know improving and, and making each other better, uh, it's going to be an unreal season for that secondary. Uh, they've invested a lot into it. They made Marcus Williams one of the highest-paying safeties. They make Kyle Hamilton their first-round draft pick. Um, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey are paid paid well. They still have Chuck Clark on the roster. Um, it's it's go time for the secondary. This is the heart of their defense, probably the heart of their team besides Lamar Jackson. Um, they need them to step up, and I think that the, you know the heart of their team as well is going to transition to the next guy we're going to talk about because I think we're going back to 2019 when it when it comes to you know the offensive line. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. And, and let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about Ben Cleveland. That's a great segue there. Uh, enters his second season, a very mixed rookie year. And I'll talk a little bit of that in terms of the grades. Uh, did not win the left left gre- uh, left guard job out of camp. Phillips actually won it in week one. He got hurt. Uh, then Powers took it over. Uh, and, and he played some rotationally early in the season with Cleveland. But then Powers took the whole job. Uh, until about week 15 when I, I, I'm forgetting what the situation was with Powers, but I think he got hurt. And then um, uh, Ben Cleveland got the job at that point. Even if even if he hadn't, it would have been you know a good time to get a look at Ben Cleveland. And, and he played those last four games um, and with mixed results. I'll just uh, tell you the grades on that because it was really all over the place. Uh, uh, let's see. So in, in the beginning of the year, he was a uh, – Maybe a C player. He got a he got a uh, uh, two Bs and a D plus in the Kansas City, Detroit, and Denver games. Not bad, certainly for a guy, but it's also limited snaps. He only played about a little over a full game between those three in terms of total snaps played. So it's kind of barely at the minimum for me to grade him. But then from weeks 15 to 18, he played 66, 57, 67, 70 snaps. So full games, and he got B C F A. So wide variety. The F came against the L.A. Rams. Uh, a lot of Aaron Donald there. A lot of uh, Ashawn Robinson gave him a lot of trouble. And Ashawn Robinson had a big postseason as well. Uh, good player there and, and uh, gave him a lot of difficulty. But the game that really has me thinking good things about Cleveland was the final game against Pittsburgh. Still facing Cam Hayward. Uh, for a lot of those snaps and uh, did a really good job. Uh, a, with adjustment in that game, uh, very happy with that, the quality of opponent reflected uh, in that. And and uh, he had a good game for highlight blocks. Uh, he only allowed one pressure uh, in the entire game. He did miss five blocks, but but very solid game uh, out of him to end the year and hopefully something he can build on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think just hidden in the entire injury debacle of the Ravens' 2021 season was – um, ben Cleveland was was injured for the majority of training camp and mm-hmm. um, did not get a lot of practice time and uh, obviously made the roster as a, as a third round pick. But uh, he was a healthy scratch in week one. Uh, he was not on the active game day roster. Uh, and when Stanley got injured um, for week two, they decided or in Tyree Phillips as well. Um, they decided they were going to rotate him, uh, Ben Cleveland and um, Ben Powers, Powers uh, for the Chiefs um, and in Lions game. Uh, and then Ben Cleveland did not play an offensive snap from week six to week 14, which uh, I, I think probably is shown in his development of how he came back. And, um, you know, we saw some good things from him towards the end of the year, but we, you know, we also saw some, some negatives. Uh, obviously playing Aaron Donald is, is a challenge in itself. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I, I, I had a highlight from the, the Steelers game as well. If you, you know, like watching how an offensive lineman can change a whole play, 
uh, when, Latavius, when Latavius Murray was running in a straight line for 40 yards uh-huh. and didn't have to yeah, make that's a move. good point. That was because of Ben Cleveland. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't Latavius Murray being faster than everyone else and um, him engulfing uh, Devin Bush to, to allow that to happen. Uh, he did start to show some, some positive signs in that game. I think the Rams, you know, defensive front was giving the entire Ravens offensive line um, problems in that game uh, with, with, the, with the game wrecker. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, some positive stuff from, from the Steelers game. I, I love people to go back and look at that Murray run. I forget it was a touchdown, wasn't it? It was 40 or 50 yard touchdown on, yeah. that, that he had, yeah. what, you know, it's just absolutely in slow motion. Right. Xavier <laughs> <it, it, I, laughs> Murray is literally lollygagging down the field, loping strides. It's not, it's not, you know, when they teach speed, they say you need to either increase stride frequency or increase stride length. Yeah. Those are the two things that, that teach speed. He wasn't doing either. Or maybe it was, it was fairly long strides, but they were slow. They were really loping. So anyway, I, it, uh, it really with the Ravens having good running backs again this next year, that level two and level three first contact that the offensive line can, can generate is going to be much more exciting. Ben Cleveland is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's going to be – I think we'll probably just try to block 2021 out of our wash our eyes out with soap to get that out of that (laughs) image. Uh, But yeah, to get imagine JK Dobbins running through that, that that all would be, will be hilarious. And Gus Edwards. Uh, But yeah, you know, there's some positive stuff from the offensive line that in uh, especially from Cleveland in that game, I'm really glad that he got those four games at the end of the year, because a lot of the mistakes that he was making, I, I I feel like we're, you know, mainly coming from just a lack of experience in, in learning the offense and, you know, fr- trying to find his footing in the NFL. Uh, I found that he was you know, a little too aggressive, uh, you know, losing his feet a little bit. Um, you know, and, and he did show some things at college where he was, you know, a really strong run blocker and he was, um, you know, really physically dominant. Uh, and, I, and I hope that, you know, getting those four games at the end of the year and hopefully a healthy OTAs and training camp, he's able to find his confidence back on the field. Um, and, and find a spot in the Ravens offense. Yeah, I, I really think it's about the technical aspects of the game, which he has to get to an NFL level because he's got all the size you could want. He's got good length. In fact, length that, that if he was up to the technical component, if his feet were quick enough, he could play tackle, I think. But but if he's where he is right now, he's got all the size you could possibly want an offensive lineman. Uh, but he needs to punch better. He needs to improve positional run blocking. Um, one big thing I really want to see this year is playing next to a really quick player like Linderbaum. How much can he pick up the strength and size component of what Linderbaum is not good at? So, so here's what I mean. Like they're going to be on a lot of combination blocks together. So it should be a case where you want those resolved as quickly to see who's got the back end and who's got the front end of that combination block. And the defensive player essentially can make that choice for you sometimes because he can, even though you want it to go one way, he can, he can cross somebody's face or not even cross the whole face. He can, he can, he can approach the double team differently. So somebody else has to hold that block. Well, in, in Ben Cleveland's case, I'm sure he'll be great at being the back end. It's only a question of how quickly can he get set up to release Linderbaum at a level two, where Linderbaum's going to be much more effective against smaller human beings. If, if the other possibility is that Ben Cleveland with the jolt he can create at that line of scrimmage, and he needs to be very physical to, to get this done, can get that lineman off balance such that it's a much easier handle for Linderbaum. You know, where a bit, very big man, a nose tackle, probably going to be a one technique that's between the, the, the guard and center there, um, is somebody Linderbaum can handle because of the, the, the shock that Cleveland has laid into him. And then Cleveland's got to do some things about getting into level two, and using his his uh, size effectively there without lunging. Yeah, yeah, using yeah using the size effectively. I, I do like him. It, it is like an intriguing combo, and, and not just because their their sizes are wildly different uh, with him and Linderbaum, but uh, it, it is like if you know you're thinking about both of those two players' strengths, they do complement each other pretty well. In Cleveland, with you know terrific length, uh, you know length that would fit well as a tackle. Um, com- compared to Linderbaum, who you know, doesn't really have the arm size, not as big not, or as what a typical Raven center would look like. Um, if those two can jive and if those two can complement each other well, uh, that'll really help the, the, you know, the running blocking return to you know, another, an elite level. And I like the, the idea of those two playing together. And I, I hope that they can you know, practice and, and fit well together. Um, 
and start to learn how to, you know, you know, take, take on different blocks, be able to get into level two. Um, and the, the one thing I think that will really help Cleveland in, in general. And one thing that he could probably learn a little bit from Linderbaum, um, is staying, you know, keeping his feet sane, being able to keep his, uh, his technique, uh, and, and not, and not lunge, uh, through run blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a, it's an elephant line still. Linderbaum is a, is an oddball in this, in this line. I actually think he will fit very well because of that. When you have a couple of, I mean, Zeitler is more of an average size, but very technical guard. Uh, but he still is more of an elephant at this age than a guy you really want out in front of a screen pass blocking. Cleveland has maybe some of the quickness, but also uh, might have some acceleration issues as well to, uh, to to get up to the speed you would want. But it's an elephant offensive line. Linderbaum is going to provide them some oddball, get out into level two, make one block. What I've been saying a lot on this series with regard to some of the players who uh, might be good screen pass candidates is that just one one good block from a center, even one good block from a center can keep his feet especially. doesn't have to lunge to make it. Um, could be extremely valuable because you've got you've got tight ends, you've got wide receivers who can block for these screen passes as well, and then you've got a, you've got a running back who can make somebody miss. And you know Tyler Beatty gives you some of that, and I think that that Jakey Dobbins certainly could give you some of that as well. So it, hopefully we'll we'll see that really come to fruition. And uh, you know Ben Cleveland working well with Linderbaum and covering for uh, what he isn't, um, I think I think we'll, could really help the Ravens. Yeah, not to mention a quarterback that that you need to have three eyes on him at all times and yeah. uh, a defense allocating a ton of resources to, to trying to stop him. Yeah. The, the line, you know, if I think this is the time though, where the Ravens need to commit to Cleveland, because I think that he is the one who can actually make their line be elite and be, mm-hmm. be a line. That's one of the you know, top five line in the NFL. Um, yes. They gave McCary a contract and they have Tyree Phillips and, you know, they, they did start Tyree Phillips week one last year. Uh, but I, I, you know, I just, Cleveland gives this team something in the run game that they, they still need. Um, and, and they've added a lot to this line and they've invested more. And, you know, the Linderbaum pick is, is, you know, solidifying the center position. Um, but having a physically dominant guard and a guy that if he can explode in year two, um, and give the Ravens that, that's just, I think that's too intriguing to pass up and to not want to develop him and give him that opportunity. Yeah. For, for a lot of reasons. I mean, Phillips is entering year three for starters. Cleveland's entering year two. You've, I think you've got a difference in physical frame between those two. Now it's true that Phillips could be the guy to replace Zeitler at right guard because he's got that outstanding length necessary to, uh, he's, he's over 35 inches to, um, uh, torque, as I say, the, uh, uh, the defensive tackle on that side and, and, and help open the front door. If, if Ben Cleveland uh, can do some of that, too, he's not as long. He's under 34 inches, um, but, but, uh, but still long for a guard uh, to do that. Uh, what, what I need to see from Cleveland is he's got one trait that's really exceptional, and he's got a bunch of other traits that are at an average or below average level that he needs to, he needs to refine technically. The one thing he does really well, I want to get out there first is he's still a very good pass blocking processor from inside out. So he looks and sees how much do I need to help the center? What are my other assignments that I might have in my gap here? uh, B in, in my B gap here. And then can I bail out the left tackle if he's got a problem? And last year, Alejandro Villanueva needed a lot of bailing out as he was giving ground. Ronnie Stanley's preferred methodology is to give ground a continuous mirror. So I think that Ben Cleveland um, uh, can help him a lot. And, and, you know, all you got to do is do that about two times, maybe only once to, to a really elite pass rusher. And they're going to be looking consciously or unconsciously. They really may be looking to not try inside moves. Um, but anyway. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I wouldn't want a guy's six foot six getting a three step head start and, going as hard as he can into your ribs. Um, I, yeah, that probably doesn't feel that comfortable. And I, I mean, that's if Cleveland can play to his size and, and just, you know, use that to his advantage. Um, the way that he was sold in, in college was that he was an elite run blocker and, and below average uh, pass blocker. And I, I kind of disagreed with that with, with, you know, by just, you know, listening to, to you and your grades, um, but also watching him play. I, I didn't think he was, 
you know, I didn't think he was as elite of a run blocker as, as advertised. I didn't think he was below average as a pass blocker. Um, I think he was probably more in the middle. I, I actually saw a lot of his pass protection um, as encouraging. And, um, you know, the Rams gave him fits with their stunts and, you know, using Donald as just a game wrecker in the middle. Uh, but against other teams, I thought that he I thought that he did held up pretty well. Uh, and I, I do like a lot of his help blocking when he you know helps out the left tackle. Um, and, I, I, you know, imagining him with a healthy Ronnie Stanley, uh, I, that's just only going to help this offensive line even more. Um, giving Lamar some time to throw. They're not going to have to allocate, you know, two tight ends to block, uh, you know, an edge rusher like they had to last year. Um, You know, I think that that is, you know, as encouraging as a statistic for him um, as anything. Yeah, I think I'm I'm just trying to look right now and and get kind of per step numbers. They're actually pretty close powers and he are in terms of their pass blocking last year. But I would say that the edge really went to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's despite the fact that he had Aaron Donald, obviously, in that in terms of uh, penalties, honestly, pretty close to Cleveland had 10 yards of penalties and and, uh, powers had 25. Uh, He did have more than twice the snaps. Yeah, pretty. Pretty similar overall, 0.78 for Powers, 0.77 for Cleveland in terms of the overall grades, so not too much different there. Yeah, and I, you know, I think one of the things that if you want to play, you know, a little GM while you're looking at this team is, you know, is is Ben Powers on this team come September? And yeah, I think that actually is probably one of the goals for Ben Cleveland is the fact that Ben Powers is traded. You know, they don't they are not committed to him at all past 2022. Huh. Um, I think that's a great sign for Ben Cleveland if they uh, they decide to trade Ben Powers because I think it shows that the Ravens clearly see Confident. him as the starting left guard. And if they can get a you know a sixth round, a fifth round pick for I mean that's wishful thinking, but if they can get a draft pick or you know improve a draft position by trading Ben Powers, I think that's a great sign that Ben Cleveland is coming along in camp and the Ravens believe in him. Yeah, I, I, at this point, I'd say they're waiting for their depth to hold up to see if they keep Powers or not. He's he's not an, a really expensive option, but they don't want to pay two point five four million. There are possibilities. I mean, he could he could sign for less. They they could they could renegotiate his contract and and trim it. Uh, particularly if they if they really want to keep him, they can try and trade him, uh, or or they could just pay the two point five four million because hey. That's not really too much to pay for a decent backup lineman in this league. And, and that's exactly what he is. He, he gives you some of that. Um, I just don't know if they're going to if they're going to say that Cologne, for example, if he's their last lineman, uh, isn't worth more, has one extra year of cheap. And, you know, you, you, they're going to start going through the other possibilities uh, once they do that. But I, th- I think I think that would be a very good sign for Cleveland if they decided they could afford to trade Ben Powers, but it might happen anyway. Maybe that they've just decided that Phillips is is uh, is a guy that they can they can be okay with as a backup guard at this point. Um, so that's yeah, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, hopefully, um, I'm starting to like the depth on the line when you look at tackle or across the board. Um, it seems like they have a lot of good depth right now, and obviously, you don't want to lose. You don't want to, you know, start sacrificing that depth for like a future fifth or sixth round pick, uh, but it may be the case where they're not going to be able to keep one, uh, and maybe they can do what they did last year by trading Bredesen and get a little value uh, out of that. Yeah, and and honestly, Ben Bredesen, I don't think he would have done anything to save this offensive line if he'd been in Baltimore at the time. Uh, you know, I don't think he'd have been the guy to jump in there on on uh, when when Phillips got hurt. I think that still would have been power. So. Uh, it is what it is, and and I think we're good. I want to go back and talk about Cleveland. Yep, sorry. And in terms of technical, that's okay. In terms of technical stuff, by the way, it's great discussion. And don't ever apologize for tangential good conversation. It's always worth it to me. Um, talk about improving the positional run blocking, uh, doing more to resolve uh, the uh, combination blocks quickly. So whether he's the back end or or he's the guy who's who's climbing. Get those resolved quickly. Develop that rapport with um, with Linderbaum, the go codes to, to, to move to level two that work quickly. Uh, here's a big one we haven't really mentioned yet. Improve his punch as a pass blocker. You know, he's He's been a modestly successful pass rusher, a pass blocker with good processing. I want to see him become a dominant pass blocker who really uses that length effectively on those interior defensive linemen um, and, and gives them a good grown man strength punch. So that's that's. 
the third thing. And the last thing that we haven't talked about at all yet is Cleveland is going to be called upon to pull some. And, and I made the point when he was drafted, and this is why I had him so high on my own boards. He was number two among my guards that year, was that I, I thought he's got all the measurables to be able to pull. And he does not play as fast as some of his measurables. I think that's I think that's become clear to me over the last year. But I still think he can improve his first step. He can improve his footwork to make sure that there are not problems with the center. And I'm, I'm not saying he's had that so far. The Ravens centers are, have usually been very good in terms of, of not having footwork problems, particularly if you look back to Ravens centers of the past. But that's something that um, that, that he needs to uh, get better at is, is, is just pulling and, and the footwork of the first step, the pulling out quickly, um, the, the recognition that goes with that, uh, which I don't think is his weakness, by the way, but, but the, the recognition that goes with that, the, the, the decision making when you're pulling and, and when that usually comes into play is when you go through that hole created by your right guard, if you're the left guard and you are then deciding who to block You've got to often make a quick decision whether you've got a seal block or, or sometimes a little bit of a U-turn block you make where you actually have to turn your body, give up your momentum, and that gives up a lot of what you what the reason for pulling is. That you you build up speed and you, and momentum. I sorry, momentum is mass times velocity. It's pretty simple physics here, folks. So so he's got all the mass in, in either case. That's not affected. So it's all about how much he changes his speed. And U-turn blocking, of course, reduces his speed, reduces the momentum and the impact that that block makes. So if if he's going to seal on the inside, that's fine. I I've always liked it when players uh, who were quick enough, and I think Cleveland is, maintained their feet well in level two and three, and just kept looking for a block in kind of a forward cone where they didn't have to give up much velocity in order to make it. Yeah. I, you know, talking about pulling, I believe it, you know, top of my head from wrong, you can just correct me, but, um, Bozeman was a great puller when he, when he yeah. played left guard and, um, measurably he doesn't, he's not as athletic as Cleveland and he, you know, he doesn't have, you know, the 40 time, the physicality, he's a big guy, but, um, Hundred percent agree. Yeah, like the you know the, all the things that you're talking about are are what made Bradley Bozeman a great puller. Um, but like, what specifically you know? I guess if we're going to try to compare those two, what specifically do you think Cleveland can he model anything about what Bozeman did? Can he look at anything of how Bozeman played in 2020 that he can bring to his game that Bozeman you know, did exceptionally it, I, well? I, I, Bozeman was just a pretty good model of good footwork in action. James Hurst, frankly, when he played left guard did a fine job in the Ravens system. And a lot of it has to do with um, the Ravens being very well coached and not having players in the way. So that means your, your center knows how his footwork was. Matt Skura, very good with footwork. Uh, you know, we've had, I think McCary has been, been good with footwork. I think that, that the Bozeman, when he played center, uh, was good with footwork. So I think, you know, if you, if you, if you look at those guys, I, I, I do credit most of that to Della Sandris. And so it should be replicatable with Tyler Linderbaum that, that he, he shouldn't have any of the footwork issues. He's certainly quick enough and, and cat-like off the ball to be able to, to not create those kind of problems. Uh, we, you know, we've, we've had some centers in the past, and Mike Flynn was a, you know, a, a well-thought-of, very loved Raven for a long time, but he had big footwork in, in, in issues, and they didn't get corrected by coaching. And then when he played with other lumbering guys like um, uh, Kedrick Vincent, for example, uh, they, they had a lot of problems together. Uh, with 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 pulling and uh, and and I you know I think a, so a lot of it is going to be not Cleveland himself. Cleveland's got to know how to how to take the steps. He's got to he's got to understand the damp steps well. Uh, if you if you watch um, Delisandris in camp, he's very big on footwork. You can tell he doesn't want linemen taking unnecessary steps. So you know he'll he'll almost cartoonishly overdo it to show a lineman what he did wrong by saying you took step 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 you know kind of thing and and uh he's <laughs> there's a lot of things about him that are that are cartoonish in nature i always kind of think he sounds like the penguin the, the way he's <laughs> he's on the field from the you know the old batman tv show but he's very effective and and i i think the players even though he's an older coach really relate to him but i i think most of it is is it's not just Cleveland. It's he's got to know his own dance steps, but the other play, players need to know theirs as well. Yeah, uh, I and I like that. Uh, you know, he is really well respected too, and it seems like all the coaches love him. Uh, players speak really highly of him, and um, 
you know, Ben Cleveland probably needs some good coaching, um, you know, just to, to take that next step. I, from what, you know, it, it seems like he's, you know, back in the building and, and working hard. Um, I don't read too much into like, you know, being in like the Ravens hype videos, but, you know, they did feature him on that schedule thing and he looked pretty, he looked pretty fit when he was running over that random guy. So, uh, <laughs> while, while, uh, you know, that's not necessarily always going to translate to the field. Like if the, the Ravens are all in on him and they're, you know, showcasing his physicality, uh, I'm for it. Let, like, let's go, let's bring him in. Let's start him. Um, let's have him improve. And, and hopefully he can then improve on those, those things that we were talking about. Sounds good. Do you, do you want me to go first on good and great or do you yeah, want to do it? Yeah, you so? go first. Yeah. All right. So my good season for him is that he ends the season as the starting left guard. And there's a lot of pass through to that. He could win it right out of camp. Obviously, he could get it during the season. But if he ends the season as the starting left guard, I think that's a good thing. Um, and I'd say his pass and run blocking are both at least adequate. Uh, so if he could play at a C plus level in, in my system, a B minus level would be fantastic. A C plus level. I mean, he's got a ceiling that's much higher than that. He could become a pro bowler this year. You know, if things really worked out and he's a he's different in te- terms of technique and whatnot, he, he could he could become a pro bowler. But if, if his if his pass and run blocking are both at least adequate, a little bit, a little bit above would be great. I think that's a good year. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's my good prediction as well. Just by the end of the year, he becomes a starting left guard. Um, wins the, you know, is able to win the job at some point in the year, uh, and, you know, solidifies the left guard position. We have no questions about it at the end of the year. Ben, Ben Cleveland is the, is the left guard for, for the years to come in Baltimore. All right. Uh, I'll move on to great. I'll say he improves at least some technical aspects of his game, uh, maybe from off season offensive line coaching. And by the way, Players have a different view of their offseason. Oh, I need it. I need to recover. I need to do my traveling and my you know fun stuff. I, but I, I just hope that Ben Cleveland is the kind of player, since there are a lot of technical issues and there's almost no physical issues with him, uh, he's a guy who should be getting offensive line coaching to improve some of these technical aspects from okay to good. And if, if he can, you know, the Charles Bentley school is out there, but there's others as well to, that'll, that'll take a lineman like him, maybe just individual coaching from somebody who's an offensive line group, but I hope he's doing something uh, this off season to try and improve who he is as a player. Uh, the other thing, he wins the left left guard uh, job out of camp, works effectively with Linderbaum on combination blocks. And we never question whether someone else should have the job. That would be a great season for Ben Cleveland for me. Yeah, com- completely agree. And I hope he is seeking that extra help. Like a, like a lot of Ravens do and, and trying to you know train in the off season I think one Raven probably has an excuse where if he wants to relax in the offseason, he can. It's Clay's Campbell. It's because he's old. But, um, you know, it's make or break time for him. And I think a a great season for him is, you know, he wins that starting job coming out of camp. It's clear throughout training camp from reports, from people observing that Ben Cleveland is um, taking his game up to another level. Um, And he explodes as a physically dominant guard for the Ravens. Uh, we don't question whether they should have put Tyree Phillips in or McCarry in for that spot. Uh, ben Cleveland is the guy. He's the guy for the future. Um, and he unlocks something in the Ravens offense that they, uh, that they drafted him for. All right. Great stuff, Danny. Outstanding show. I mean, this is just you brought a whole lot to the table here. I appreciate all the prep work you did. Tell folks again where they can talk football with you. Yeah, just on uh, Twitter, uh, uh, djoseph0815, um, although I, it's the one five for Hollywood. So I, I might have to change that given the, the recent circumstances. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anytime you want to talk football or, uh, you know, you're, you want to you're, you're you got a podcast, you got a show and you we want people to listen to your content. I'll, I'll definitely uh, give it a listen and uh, excited for Marcus Williams, excited for Ben Cleveland. Uh, I'm a, these two are definitely caught my attention and uh, really looking forward to hearing how they develop throughout OTAs and uh, mini camp. And uh, when we get when we finally get started with training camp, excited for the Ravens. Great stuff, Danny. Other folks out there, if you're looking to do a film study short, please hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open, narrow topic. We can get into it deep in about 25, 30 minutes. And uh, if it goes longer than that, that's okay. Um, Anyway, uh, Danny, great talking football with you. Thanks for having me on, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.